0: Welcome to the Percussion Studio Podcast. We will be visiting with various percussion performers, educators, manufacturers, and publishers. Stay tuned to K Wiley Publications for future podcast interviews and more information. Now, welcome our host, Ken Wiley, and this edition of the Percussion Studio Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to our first ever studio. Studio Percussion Studio podcast episode number one. We are glad you're here with us, and we're going to bring everybody everybody in that can listen to uh, people who are involved in percussion, whether they're players, whether they're teachers, performers, have you know anything to do with percussion, we're going to bring them in here and, and hopefully get a chance to to talk to you guys as well as visit with, with uh, one another. So anyways, our first guest is one of my awesome friends that I haven't talked to in a while, so this is kind of cool for me to introduce him to all of you and some of you may know him. He is a uh, well-known educator and performer. He is uh, the uh, Director of Percussion Studies at the University of Southern Mississippi. Please welcome Mr. John Wooten, everybody. <laughs> Woo! Mr. Wooten, how are you doing today?
1: Brother, wow. Okay, Kenan, <laughs> <Cannon>, man. <laughs> I'm I'm doing great. I, I mean I'm on I'm on I'm in the green grass. I'm on the other side of the fence. You know where the grass is greener. Sometimes that's true. I'm in the green. I'm living in the green grass. But dude, I am like soup. I didn't know this. I just <laughs> listened to your intro. I'm the first guest. You are the are first N-
0: numero uno.
1: Dude, I am I am. I'm above, I'm honored. I don't know what to say. I'm a little emotional right now. We
0: can go nowhere but up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's it. We can go nowhere other than up. So I think it's going to be great. Um, Man, okay. I've been been checking you out on your Facebook because, you know, usually I don't get a chance to see you unless we're, we go to PASIC or something like that and I see you there. But right. I've been reading your Facebook and you have been traveling abroad. <laughs> Every time I read a Facebook, you're in some other country. Can you can you tell me where you've been like in the last Man, five been, or six it's years? Been
1: great. I've been traveling abroad and I've been traveling with abroad. <laughs>
0: That's my wife. She goes with me. Oh I got something for that. Hold on.
1: <laughs>
0: there we go. The yeah, I got i yeah. get your room shots in there.
1: Man, I have been all over the world it's It's really uh I never thought Q's and high moms would get me this far
0: it's amazing so
1: yeah and, and it's more than that i play I, mean, I play a lot of steel pans and do a lot of concerts and uh um but you know the rudimental stuff is really what got got my foot in the door. For a lot of these festivals
0: so you've been but, doing uh, have you been doing like when you travel do you do clinics mostly or kind of both whatever they want performances a, a little, clinics? whatever
1: it's it varies sometimes i go um in fact i was just off the, on the phone with a guy in italy in september i'm going to london for a workshop there and then to italy for a workshop there and these are these are pure workshops these are hands-on two-day workshops where we get pads and sticks and we work on uh, our rudiments,
0: Man, that's and that's uh, really cool.
1: and an application of rudiments and all that stuff. you know
0: how are the how but, are uh, how are those people in in other countries, how are they rudimentally speaking? I mean, compared to what it, what we see here in our own country?
1: That's really interesting. Um, you know since the since the internet and YouTube, um, it's this this rudimental thing this that we know in our culture, which you don't realize if you're in the United States marching band is 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 a, a u.s um, an American culture this uh. doesn't exist marching band doesn't exist anywhere on the planet except in <laughs> the United States yeah because and it's because of football well first because of the military and then because of football and, the, and they don't have well they have football everywhere but they that's soccer um American football it's if this is this is a total uh, a culture that we've created here in the United States it doesn't exist anywhere else But they've gotten into it. You know, they've watched the videos. You know, I do all the the Vic Firth rudimental tutorials and stuff. And um, so that's, you know, they see me there, and then I I get invitations to go teach here and there. And it's different everywhere. I actually have a student now who's working on his doctorate, and his, his, uh, his dissertation is on the influence of rudimental drumming to other cultures and vice versa. So he's because it's 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 a phenomenon in like Argentina and Brazil, Colombia, uh, that's South America, of course, but um also in Central America and in Europe and even uh, Western Europe, like Serbia, uh, and then in China and and Japan, of course, Japan's had it for a while. But it's it's really interesting how it's taking off in a little different. Way in each of these countries. So
0: wow, you are I'm the, totally. Yeah, you're kind of like a torchbearer. You're kind of spreading the spreading gospel and other <laughs> the rudimental gospel.
1: Yeah, kind of like <laughs> that. I mean, I, I kind of in some places. Yeah, I guess I've had a pretty big influence, especially in Argentina. huh. Um, and they're, and they're taken off. But what's, what's really interesting is not only how they have always wanted to learn the rudiments and then I, I go down there or teach online or I've you know, done a lot of online lessons. And, and then I go, I've been to Argentina, I think a dozen times wow. in the last, you know, 15 years or so, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And, um, and we do workshops there with like hundreds of drummers. It's crazy. And they're just, just doing backflips to learn how to play inverted flam taps. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Is that when you go there, they actually know what a Swiss triplet is. It's not like you're starting oh, from I, scratch, you know.
1: Oh, some of these, some of these guys now are have taken off. Um, yeah. You know, I have some good friends down there now that they they come up and they they go visit the old guard. They've gone to rudimental conferences in Paris. You know, I mean, these we're, guys from Argentina, where marching bands do not exist.
0: Yeah, and I—I I mean, isn't—is it, is it kind of safe to say that there are some some people from from abroad are actually auditioning for drum corps and and making oh, them absolutely, over here. yeah,
1: absolutely the ones that can afford it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you didn't see that thirty years coming. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that was no not, not really in the in the in the DNA at all. But it's totally no. changed. You know, getting into that whole the internet vibe. That's another thing I was going to ask you is that even the kids and the students coming out of our own, you know back door, even in Texas or, or, or whether it's the West coast or the East coast, these kids at a, at a, such an early age are drumming <laughs> like, like light years from where I was when I was in high school. And, oh, you know, same here. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with, with the internet. I mean, these kids are finding everything that they, all these resources are available to, available to them and yep. they are, they are learning things at light speed. Which you know took me and you you know all the way through college to learn, and they're learning it, you know, via a lot of it via the internet. I at least I think that's a lot of what's going on, and and there's a lot of better percussion education within the school systems. School systems, which I think is helping, but I, I think, man, a lot of that's just because of the internet and the power of the internet. Just amazing.
1: You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right.
0: You know, it I, is, and I,
1: there's so much information that's free on the internet yeah. that we had to pay for. <laughs> you know there's no way you could get this information for free. Yeah, and now it's just it's just there.
0: You know, I, uh, something else I was going to ask you is uh, both of us had a chance to st- – you, you studied with him a lot more than I did, obviously, the, the late, great Marty Hurley. I, I had a chance to study with him, and when I think about these kids doing the Internet stuff, I mean, as you said, that's how way we, we learn from instructors kind of in person. Right. And the right. only way I could learn to play was th- – that's how I learned to play is, is I went to travel in core, and I was taught by people that, that instructed these drum cores, and that's how I learned to play better. Because there was no yep. internet or anything like that. But, anyways, what I was getting to is, um, obviously, uh, Marty was was both of our teachers. You you studied with him much much longer than I did, and um, mm-hmm. I wanted to see if uh, if if um, you could you could share your experiences with him, just a little bit of what I mean. Obviously, he taught you a lot, but if you had to, you know, give us a brief brief uh, you know window of what he shared with you when he was was with you.
1: Sure. Well, um, first of all, fr- when, uh, uh, we just had the Marty Hurley, um, or they call it Mardi Gras, uh, celebration or benefit for brother Martin high school where he taught in New Orleans. That was last weekend. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to get up and say a few words and I said, man, I don't know if I can, I can't, I still can't talk about Marty without getting emotional Yeah, because he was such a big part of my life. And And he left way too early, and uh, so it's difficult. And then also, today is his birthday.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. On on episode number one, this is this is more than an episode. This is an awesome episode. That's right. Awesome.
1: Yeah. That's that's great. Yeah. For me, it's it's tough to to talk about, but I'll I'll be glad to. I mean, just um, you know,
0: like when you were. I guess what I was curious is that when you were in. I mean you grew up in Lafayette. Did when did you when did you meet him? How old were you when you met Marty?
1: Well, I had I had known of him but I didn't meet him till I was a freshman in college. I got you. Um, Ron, Ron Nethercut recru- recruited me to go to Southeastern Louisiana University, which had used to have an, an excellent jazz program. It was the best in Louisiana actually at the time. And uh, talking about football, they they cut the football team the next year which cut all band scholarships, which destroyed the music school. Mm. So that's, you know, I know how people go, man, we have to do March. band. I got a football games, man. That football rules, <laughs> rules, the, rules the, the, the pocketbooks
2: yep, that's in right. the United
1: States. And uh, so anyway, he, he saw that I needed more instruction other than what I was getting at the university. And he took me to my first lesson with Marty uh, across Lake Pontchartrain uh, we're you know uh is in Hammond, Louisiana, so we had to go you know cross Lake Pontchartrain to New Orleans and uh, brother Martin high school, and that was my first lesson, and I'll never forget that lesson. He he Marty recorded me playing paradiddles on a reel to reel. Remember those big <laughs> iPhone where you could slow down things, you know? Yeah. And uh, he he played it back, and it sounded awful. You know, it's like bra ba 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 it's totally uneven, some pop flams. It was it was it was painful to listen to. Then he played it and he slowed his down and it was just perfect. It was like ba-da, da, da, da 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 after he's played it, you know, twice as fast. <laughs> and he told me he told me in the lesson, he goes, If if you can't get rid of all those flat flams and play flam pedals like this in two weeks, don't bother coming back.
0: <laughs> that sounds like something Marty would say.
1: Yeah, that was it. That was my first lesson. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> So I'm like shaking. I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. super intense. Yeah. But um, and of course I came back, and we we had a long relationship after that as teacher, friends, business partners, everything. So yeah. Um, you know, my so, but what what I learned about Marty, and this is something you can't get on the internet, is you know, he, he was a great, great pedagogue
2: uh-huh.
1: and he knew exactly how to push everybody. And, you know, and he pushed it. I noticed that he treated different people, different ways and to get results. And with me, that sort of thing worked because I was really competitive and I liked to be challenged. I, uh, I liked it. You know, go ahead. Dare me. I'll do it. Yeah but but you know as you know in the regiment when we were marching in the phantom regiment there were people that didn't react positively to that sort of
0: exactly destruction
1: uh, exactly so.
0: Well, a lot of people probably don't know they're listening to this, or maybe they do, but me and you actually marched together <laughs> in the fan regiment. Right. Some people may know, some people may not know, but I actually marched next to the great John Wooten for two years, <laughs> and the last year, I marched next to him on the other side. I mean, I had Wayne Bovington, who's yeah. been at Oklahoma State University for eons, so I was, like, in between the two collegiate future you know, the teachers of, of America, right? On <laughs> both sides of me, man. But when I, when I first uh, went there and, and Marty came in, I remember him playing on my drum. <laughs> he would go down the line down and play either. with each other. And, man, he started playing my drum, and I, the whole drum just kind of went, just kind of started to kind of bend. And it was come, crushing. My harness was about to come off me because the drum was, like, starting to kind of bend towards the floor. <laughs> I was right. like, oh, my gosh, this guy's playing through the drum. That's what he wants me to do. He wants me to play through the drum. But he told yeah. me when I first met him, for the very first time I was playing cymbals that year, he says, if you come up, because I didn't know how to play traditional grip, he says, if you come up to the regiment, he goes, I know you can play, he goes, if you come up here and let me let me, let me teach you, you know, uh, during the summer, he goes, I can promise you, you'll play snare the next year, and so I went up there, and he was so gracious to spend time with me, when the corps wasn't rehearsing, we'd get on a picnic table, and we would drum, he gave me probably A half a dozen, if not ten, lessons that summer, and he Mm -hmm. never asked for money or anything. Just he just he knew that he knew that I had something inside of me and I could play, and so he just kept working with me and showing me how to hold the sticks the way he wanted me to hold them. And and you know that's that's Marty. You know he was very giving.
1: He was good at that. He was good at you know recognizing that. Yeah, And and knowing how people would react. Hey, something else I
0: wanted to ask you about is I saw this on, I saw this is totally unrelated. I'm just kind of going all over the place. It is kind of related, but I was watching this documentary the other day and it was uh, Stuart Copeland. I don't know how old it is, but he does the history of the drum. Have you seen that?
2: Mm-hmm. And, and anyways, yeah, some of it, yeah. He
0: goes back to New Orleans, and you know, yeah. he goes to the streets, and he runs into Stanton Moore, right. and you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought to myself, every time I think of Louisiana, of course, I think I do think of the music, but I also think not only the jazz influence and all that, but I also think of the rudimental part because you know that's kind of where my mind kind of goes both ways. And I know that yeah. you have been around that scene so long. There's probably you know could you talk about like some of the rudimental drummers but then some of the great jazz drummers that are like floating around down there that have been a great influence that you used to listen to and 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 you know marty probably had an effect on some of those guys as well you know marty had a
1: huge effect on on a lot of those guys that's what's just
0: crazy yeah it's just it's really very intertwined you know
1: yeah like well like speaking of stanton Stanton went to Brother Martin. Yes. He was Marty's student. Yeah. And, a lot yeah, of people probably well, don't Stanton even know I, that. Yeah. No. And that's when you see Stan, when he plays an open stroke role that sounds like, you know, like a freaking machine gun. Well, Marty showed him that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, amazing.
1: And uh, Stan and I do a bunch of stuff together. In fact, we just had the Mardi Gras. He's part of the planning committee. And uh, so am I. And uh, we just played with the drum line there, played. You, you remember his uh, number nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanton plays that on drum set, <laughs> And uh, we did it together, too. There's a YouTube video, uh, if you look it up, Stanton, Moore, John Wooten, playing Crazy Army and number nine by Marty Hurley. Very nice. On r- rope drum and then drum set. But um, there's Stanton and, uh, and and a lot of people don't know that uh, uh, Jason Marsalis used to study with with Marty. That, yeah. You know, went Wynton, the little brother, the the baby Marsalis is a drummer, vibraphone player, and uh, so he did. And, and Ricky Sebastian, who's a g- good rudimental drummer, there. You know, was a good friend of Marty's as well. And um, and, there's, and there's a whole. Crew of them.
2: I mean, yeah. they're
1: all over the place. You know, there used to be two drum corps in uh, in New Orleans: you know, Blue Raiders and Stardusters. Yeah. And Marty, Mar well, that's how Marty got involved with Phantom Regiment. He he first taught the Blue Raiders, and then they heard this drum line, which was great. The horn line wasn't so good, but, and then they recruited him to come up there. So.
0: Yeah, it's it's just interesting how how there's just so much. Uh, that, there's so many linkage, you know what I'm saying? Like everything is kind of linked together in that way, you know, like all these drummers have a, a of some sort of link together. And I was thought that was really fascinating, especially in that, in that part of the country, you know, and, and really in that deep Louisiana part down there, just, I mean, it's fascinating to me because I know a lot of people like you that I met through drum corps when, when I was marching with drum corps, about half the drum lines from Louisiana. Yeah. And well, so, you know.
1: Yeah, good, and good drummers today. Yeah, I mean, really great, good, really, really
0: good drummers. Yeah, I mean they were all Troy really good. Troy
1: at ULL and teaching uh, Troy Bro and, Hall, and You remember Holly? Yeah, Gary mm-hmm. still he has, he has a music school in Lafayette and
0: and then a, a, a Bob Branch.
1: Bob Branch, yeah, yeah. he was just well. Yeah. He's not.
0: I guess he wasn't really from. <laughs> was he from? No, New he's I from
1: Indiana. I think. Yeah, he's from Indiana, but he came down to USL to, to go to school. He was yeah. part of that USL drum line. That,
0: Exactly before
1: before the North Texas Exactly. Domination You're the, right. The USL. I saw yeah.
0: USL drumline. I'll tell you where I saw the USL drumline. I saw you guys at PASIC in 1982 in Dallas. And that's the yep. first time I saw you guys. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a really good drumline. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. I think I was a, a junior or senior in high school. And and I was like, wow, this is this is totally, like, on the cutting edge. I'd never seen anything like this. Wow. And uh, Yeah, that
1: was, that was the first PASIC uh, indoor competition. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that and, was uh, – And we
1: won it, but uh, we didn't – we had no idea where we'd be. We had no idea, you know, how good the other lines would be.
0: Y'all and, were by uh, far the best <laughs> from what I remember, yes. Y'all, yeah. y'all were – there was just a lot of good – you could tell there was a lot of core players in that group, and it was real – Yeah. I mean, it was definitely – Um, and then you ended yeah. up coming to North Texas a couple of years later yeah. and then doing yeah. that thing. And, um, you know, one of the other things I, w- I wanted to ask you is – um. You know, when I met you, I could kind of tell that you were pretty well rounded. You know, you were kind of—at least you were getting that way—as far as your percussion playing and you were kind of doing all that. Is there—is there something that um, you would tell? You know, because there might be there may be some high school kids listening to this. You know, like what 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 if I went to University of Mississippi? What would you want me to be able to do for I walked in the door? You know, like what what would you want? or What would you expect? uh a, a student to to be able to do if they wanted to you know come into your door at, at uh, University of Southern Mississippi and say you know y- y- this is what you need where you need to be before you you know kind of get started here
1: Yeah um, we kind of have an, an outline a guideline of wh- what's expected um, you know I expect freshmen to come in um, we've been talking about rudimental drumming, but that's actually a very small part of what I do exactly um anymore it's it's like, I play, actually, people ask me, what do you do most of all now? I said, I
0: sing. They're yes. Like, what? Yes, yes. Uh, we're, that's we're, nice. I, I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that because more
1: than anything, this whole podcast, I,
0: I know this podcast that the first 20 minutes have been rudimental, but we're about to go in a whole different direction yeah. because, <laughs> because you don't really do that's kind of your way to get to places. But when you get to places, you end up playing pan and you do end up singing. You're a vocalist. And yeah, exactly. which I had no idea till about probably 15, 20 years ago when, when, when Lalo told me and I was like, he sings. I said, I never heard him sing when I knew him. Yeah. And, uh, Uh, Yeah. yeah,
1: Nobody did. Not even my mom. We put out our first album (laughs) and I sent it to my mom. My mom goes, Who is that saying? I said, Mom, that's me. She goes, No, it's not. You can't sing.
0: (laughs)
2: I go, Thanks, man.
0: Thanks. Yeah, no, no, that's that's awesome. I mean, like, like that. With people listening to this episode one mega podcast, are gonna go, wow, John <laughs> Wooten sings. I'm gonna go, yeah, he sings, and he plays, yeah. he plays a heck of a steel drum band, like a steel band. You guys don't even even know that. That's what he does. I mean, because you're so, um, you know, well, ever- in some in,
1: in some circles, I, that's all they
0: know. Exactly. It's kind of
1: funny because in some circles they know me as a pan player and a singer, and then when they see my videos on YouTube of rudimental drumming, they go, on, "Holy crap! What? What is that?" Yeah, I know. You do that too, and then and vice versa. You I, know, people that know me as a rudimental drummer in that world, they see me do the other stuff. They go, "What?"
0: Yeah, you know it's that's it's it's incredible. it's it's interesting for me the exact same thing. You know when I go play in Dallas, if I'm playing a drum set gig, they don't really know yeah. what I do outside of what I do with these with these musicians in Dallas. And then they go, "What do you do?" And I go, "Well, I teach at a school." And they're like, "Oh, that's nice." But then they see the, what's going on, and they see no. all the other things I'm doing. They're like, "Wow, this is much different." And I'm then sure. and then the people that I teach with is the same thing. They don't really realize I have a, another life outside of teaching. Another life
1: at, at I may add, at an extremely high level, dude, you set the bar for high school I, I, I don't know about that. But in, in no, the, no I, I do know about it. I <laughs> saw it happen. I do. I was just telling my wife, I said, Kenan's program was is like, he set the bar, wow. and now everyone's trying to be as Marcus. I mean, everybody's chasing you. Well, and, that's uh, nice of
0: you to say, but, you know. No, it's
1: true. It's true. It's absolutely yeah. true, dude. I don't, know. I don't know. It's, it, you know. Okay,
0: at, yeah, Mister Humility. <laughs> at the end of the day, right. we're you know, it's really, it's, it's, it's fun to do what we do, you know, and and uh,
1: that's you're you're absolutely right, and I'll I'll say that right now. You and I have both been knee deep, and actually, neck deep in competition. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's not why I play music, and I mean. I'm kind of burned out on competitions. Actually, I, I I I I like the competitions in that they can motivate somebody to do their very best. Yeah. But I've seen it. I've seen it go awry so often, where people are just doing the wrong things just just to win a trophy,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they're not playing music. And it's not fun. And it's 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 not musical. It's a machine. It's a. It's there's a whole process. Yeah, And the, I think the joy of music in, in a lot of ways just isn't there. And it's a shame because you know, for all you youngsters out there in high school, I mean, I, I got, to, I started playing drums because I love playing drums. And for a while I was like, it was just intense. It was just competition, competition. But I'm back to the point where I just love playing music.
2: Yeah, you go full circle. I play circle, music yeah. for the
1: joy, joy of music. Yeah. Um, if I could use a, an analogy real quick, I play a lot of tennis too. That's my other thing. you I sing and play tennis, and uh,
0: that's a good but I played
1: USDA, and uh, I mean I know so many people that just play tennis to compete, and that's all they do. They only play when they're competing, and and I had to quit because that's not why I play. I play to enjoy the game, and to, I mean I like I like to win. Don't get me wrong, but my first objective is to get some exercise. So yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. if it's,
0: if the competition is what motivates you, then that that can only last so long, as you say. I mean, you just exactly. there has to be an, another reason for you to enjoy music. And when I go play a gig, I'm when, when you go play a gig, there's no trophy at a gig. You're just playing the gig no for the yeah. for the love of playing. I mean, you may play for seventy five dollars, yeah. but you don't. You know, you're playing because you love to play. And yeah. I mean, it. You know, there there are uh, there's a lot to be learned from 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 you know, all sides of music. And, and when, we, when, when I work with my students and we do uh, a concert or a performance... You know that concert is. I think I've gotten to the point where my students really enjoy the concert, and it's like all about the performance of the concert, and because they realize they're not going to get rated, they're not going to get a first or second. If they're going to get they're going to get rated by themselves on how well they performed. You know, and so they're into yeah. the performance part of playing and not into to what somebody thinks per se. Now, yeah. all students do have a. I'm not going to sit here and say that all students don't have a desire to compete because they do at that age. They really want to compete, mm-hmm. but. You you can make it a healthy balance, and that's up to the you know it's kind of up to the, the, the teacher to kind of to help them find the that.
1: And you and I've seen your program. I've i you know I've seen your concerts. I've seen your your, your lines, and, and you do a great job of that. And a lot of people do. There's a lot of great you know, teachers out there and, and good examples. Um, but then you know some people just get lost in it. I think you yeah know, they, they they lose sight of what's important.
0: No, I, I agree. I mean, that's something that, yeah. that, uh, and I, I think it's getting even, you know, to, to even take it out of percussion, just even in the marching band, man. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the marching yeah. band activity is just getting way competitive and,
1: uh, yeah, way competitive. And I, you know, like that's a, that's one thing, you know, um, I don't think it's healthy for someone to have a snare drum, uh, on their back 12 months out of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I, They should have other experiences other than playing paradiddle-diddles, you know?
0: No, I I, I agree. I think it's a, there's a balance, you know, you just have to find a balance and, and there's so many things out there and and just talking to you, the people are listening. are going to go, wow, man, I didn't know he even did all that. So hopefully <laughs> after listening to people uh, or listening to somebody speak who, you know, if, if you learn a lot through a, through listening to, s- to someone talk, what, what they do more, Some sometimes not what you think they do from 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 seeing it uh, exposed all the time, but by lis- listening to them, sometimes there's other things they do. You know, you just never get a chance to meet them or to to sit down and, and have a conversation and go, you know, what else do you do? Because when you're doing it, snare drum clinic you're just talking about rudiments you don't really throw in the steel drum. <laughs> that's not really something you can bring up all the time but, right um, right what you know when you're when maybe when you're doing a clinic somewhere you can go well hey tonight we're going to be at this club you're going to come out maybe playing in my pan and oh i didn't know you played steel yeah. drum and then all of a sudden yeah you know you've you've uh, opened a door to somebody else's thinking of what's possible besides just one instrument <laughs>
1: yeah
0: you know,
2: and a,
1: to me it's they, they, it all goes together. People know you for what you do and what you've they've seen. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm cool with all that. You know, mm-hmm. but I'll do all concerts a lot. Like I just, I just did a concert in Peru, and it was all steel pan. And then they say, ah, could you please play one snare drum solo? I go, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll play one.
2: Yeah.
0: System, yeah. So. Hey, so when, and, uh, you, when did you start playing the, the pan? Like, cause when I knew you, you know, obviously in drum corps, you weren't playing. Did you start that when mm-hmm. you, did you start that in your graduate you, degree or, or doctoral? No, I,
1: I didn't. Well, let me, let me, actually, okay. Let me tell you the whole story. When I went to North Texas, you know, the the, the steel band, band, Bob Ledbetter, you know, yeah, yeah. steel band there. Great I, was the steel I, was band. In,
0: I was in the panhandlers, by the way. So yes, I do know Bob yeah, Ledbetter. Yeah, I remember that.
1: <laughs> I remember. It. Yeah. So you know him well. And, uh, I don't know if Bob's listening. Hey Bob. Hey Bob. Went went to went to his place and he has a man, he has a fantastic place up there for a day of percussion. Is he but, in uh, Montana? Anyway, he's in Montana. In Give him shout out.
0: Yeah, shout out to Bob. Montana. You got
1: it. Bob in Montana. And uh um, anyway, Ellie Manette came one weekend to tune. And I was I remember going into the, the steel band room and, and Doc Citroma mm-hmm. was there. It was just me, him and Ellie, and then I sat there and I watched Ellie tune pants for several hours. And I was just Enthralled, I was blown away at what he was doing and the whole process, and, and that this was the man that actually invented the steel pan. You know, it's like, sort of speak, the mm-hmm. father of the steel pan. Yeah, so, um, I, I got in, I, I was interested right away, but I didn't claim the steel band. Obviously, at North Texas, remember, I was the TA for the drum line, and we like you, we're just in so many things, you can only do so much, and um. So when I went to University of Iowa for my doctorate, I stayed with Tom Davis, and Tom Davis, who by the way was, was Dr. Shatroma's teacher, that's where he got his doctorate. Yeah. But totally different, totally different. He he's it, we did vibraphone uh, lessons most of the time on on jazz vibes. So learning jazz theory was most most of my lessons. Which people listening out there is like, I didn't learn much jazz theory at North Texas, which is a huge jazz school. I learned it at University of Iowa. Um, And then, so after that, I came. I got the gig at Southern Miss in 1992, and in '94, I ordered my first set of pans with the help of some backers and stuff, and we bought some Element pans, and that's when I started playing. And I started playing double seconds because double seconds is almost the exact same range as a vibraphone. And and I just took what I learned on vibraphone, applied it to pan, and I was on. Wow. That was it. And I started singing because we started doing gigs and people came up to, and we did all instrumentals and people would come up. Hey, can you sing this song? I said, man, I, anybody sing in the band? And nobody sang. I said, well, <laughs> let me give it, I'll, I'll give it a try. So I sang and they didn't throw stuff at me. So.
2: Just yeah. kept doing it. Yeah. I kept,
1: I kept singing and I kept doing it and I enjoyed it. And I actually, it, it, singing takes practice. You know, I had to, had to work at it.
2: Uh uh-huh.
1: Get better at it. And, uh, you ever take any vocal lessons? Anything? Or? No, no. I didn't. I didn't want to ruin my singing. Uh,
0: <laughs> but <Ba-dum-t- laughs>
1: like that old joke. It's like guitar. You ask guitar player, he goes, "Do you read? You, do you read?" He goes, "Yeah, but not enough to ruin my playing." So,
0: I like it. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so same thing. I didn't want to be operatic or anything. You know.
0: Yeah, you know, well, it, it, you know, it's
1: it was crazy. It's, it's hard to find good singers at the school that can sing with soul, uh-huh. you know, or sing, you know, reggae or calypso or stuff because they're all classically trained, and and in some ways, you know, it kind of sucks the soul out of that. The other styles, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So but you got yeah. you got your own band in down there, right? Is that correct? I do. What? Yeah, I
1: got I got my own band called Kaito, but. And it comes in many forms. We just played a gig this weekend, and uh, my son plays drums. Oh. I don't know if you remember Drew.
0: Nice,
2: but
1: yeah, that's very you cool. You probably remember Drew when he was little. Yeah, he's thirty-one now. And, uh, <laughs> he's he's a a old. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: I don't think I'd recognize him actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, he's, so you, a, you,
1: he's a much, he's a much better-looking version of me.
0: So. Do you guys play? Uh, how many times a month do y'all play or a week? A couple, like handful. Uh, during
1: the summer. During the summer, we, we can play quite a bit, um, uh, and different summers it's 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 it, it's different. It depends on how much I'm traveling. Yeah. So um, this summer I'm traveling quite a bit, but in July we, we got a bunch of gigs. Hey, and, so
0: you uh, wanna yeah. you wanna you wanna plug your summer camp real quick?
1: Summer drumming. Summer drumming. Through K19. to get that. Yes. Uh, it's coming up actually. Well, you know, I got a couple camps coming. I'm coming up to you this week. That's I'm right. You're going to be there. in
0: the Texas area.
1: Yeah. I'm going to teach in the North Texas camp Monday through Thursday, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, actually I'm playing pans too. Mark Ford got me, told, told me I have to, he says, you're going to come, you got to play pans on a, on a recital.
2: Oh, very cool. Is,
1: yeah. Right after Pius Chang. No pressure.
0: Oh, that that'll, that'll, that'll flow it. well. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, uh, and then the next week, uh, I teach at a little camp with with Kevin Sherman. Remember Kevin? Oh yeah, uh, in Little Rock. Oh, so we're doing. If you're in the Little Rock area, very nice. You know, Clay, Paul's Clay Paul. Clay yeah. Paul.
0: Shout out to Clay yeah. Paul. Nice. Clay Paul, yeah.
1: And then the week after that, 24th through the 27th, we're doing the summer drumming, and it's a big camp. I got Ralph Nader coming down here. Uh, Pat Petrillo.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, nice. and
1: Jeff Mills, great drum set player. John Grant of Chetsegata, who's actually come, he's at, he's at Southern Miss now. He teaches the drum line here at Southern Miss, but I know a lot of people are familiar with his work in Brazil. He's uh-huh. a former Blue Devil. Very Of course, Tapitrillo's cool. former Bridgman, and now great big band drummer. And yeah. Everybody knows Ralph, Ralph Nader of BYOS.
0: That'll be a, that'll be a big camp.
1: And then yeah, and then we got Curtis Pierre, the Samba, the Samba King of New Orleans. He's coming to teach Samba.
2: So
0: do you do like a? Is the, you got a nice curriculum. They do like a. Is it kind of? Is it like? Do kids go to something? Does it change each hour? They go to like a different subject, or how's it laid out?
1: Yeah, well, they have a choice. They can study in one area, or they can do them all. So a lot of a lot of them want to just do marching percussion. A lot of them want to just do drum set. And then, but this year, this is the first year we're trying this. Uh, we have the all instruments track where they just go from one thing to, they, they'll play steel band, they'll play samba band, they'll play drum set, they'll do marching percussion, rudiment studies, and, uh, and keyboards. So a um, little bit of everything, which I I wish I would have had that when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> yes. that kind of, especially with this, this type of instruction, yes. Darren Roberts from Trinidad is going to be here doing steel pan, So, man, um,
0: that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Well, Hey John, well, that's what I'm doing now getting organized,
0: man. I appreciate you being our first guest on the percussion studio podcast episode. Number yeah. one, it's been awesome.
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't tell me I was the first one until I heard that. I said, what?
0: Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, this is gonna be the legendary one too, I'm, I'm sure. So when you hear, <laughs> when we hear the music, that means we're getting ready to end this thing. This concludes another episode and the first episode of the Percussion Studio Podcast. Once again, a huge thanks to our guest, Mr. John Wooten. Woo! Also remember to stay tuned to K. Wiley Publications for future podcast information. Until next time, stay safe and keep
2: on drumming.